Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Celebrating four years together and Chad still hasn't proposed. Hi, boys and girls. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel. No more remote work for you, Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. Just watched the Snyder Cut twice. So wash. On this week's show, will you join LinkedIn's Clubhouse? Google and Amazon say get your ass back to the office and the ladders launches a new innovation. And when I say innovation, I'm using air quotes. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually, kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Four years together, man. Have we even mentioned that on the show yet? We have not. In March I'm glad something. you did. Yeah. It's, yeah it's 2016 actually, or 17. About a month in. Holy crap. Yeah, remember how much our first show sucked? Yeah. <laughs> As if it's all that great now. But anyway. <laughs> I totally remember. We were totally Ricky Bobby, like not knowing what to do with our hands. <laughs> we just rambled on for like two hours and... For, for, for a show we thought was going to take 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so happy, happy April Fool's Day. You pulling any jokes on anybody today? I can't get out to pull any jokes, for God's sakes. I'd like to, uh, and hopefully uh, will be soon. Yeah. So la- last year, the year before, I did the old uh, ultrasound April Fool's joke. Oh, man. That's so bad. Yeah, it's and it's so cliche, but I just I did it anyway. <laughs> and then and then I got a verbal beating from my wife. 
So I'm steering clear of April Fools because I only get in trouble when I when I do something. Yeah, it's a good idea. What you should do is sit down and finally watch the Snyder Cut with Cole, and and also Godzilla versus King Kong just came out yesterday, so you have plenty of awesome flicks to sit down and enjoy. So, so tell the listeners who aren't nerds like you and me what the Snyder Cut is. The the Justice League Snyder Cut. So first off, Zack Snyder was the was supposed to finish the Justice Justice League movie the first time around but he had some personal issues or something happened and and Joss Whedon did it and mm-hmm. it, it turned out to be this powder puff <laughs> it wasn't horrible horrible but it wasn't amazing mm-hmm. so Snyder comes back and everybody's like we want the Snyder cut we want the original vision so on and so forth so he comes out with this epic four hour version that is dark it's rated r and it is just it's better than whedon's it's not as good as anything really in the mcu but it is incredibly satisfying to watch i've watched it twice so far (laughs) that's a a big applause from chad that he's invested eight hours of his life in this film it's good good i can't wait for godzilla versus king kong i'll watch that thing probably about half a dozen times yeah that one looks weird because king like king kong is the good guy and i thought they were both good guys so it's like superman versus batman i don't understand you don't know i I guess not yeah that's, that's how they get you I got to watch. Well, shout out to my uh, my son who turned uh, an age old four. He's the same age of this podcast, which either is a it's I don't know. It's it's a bad omen or a, a sign of good luck. I don't know what it is. But yeah, Jeremy, happy birthday, buddy. Four years old. Good job, Axe. Four years. Four years. <laughs> it's all gravy from like four to ten. This yeah. is the good the good time. Yeah. So thanks to Jennifer, Terry, Elena, Jason, and the team over at Panda Logic for Hell the yeah. bourbon and snacks. They uh, very smartly sent over six airplane bottles of different types of bourbon, <laughs> pretzels, cheese, and caramel corn. And uh-huh. they are perfect for travel, which I am about to do this weekend. I was going to say, is there a, is there a, t- a ticket to Hawaii in that package? Like that's a, that's a strange care package. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Airline, also, airline shots. Also okay. goes with the, the Goldman snacks. Did you see that? <laughs> Well, I remember talking about Goldman Sachs recently, but Goldman Snacks, tell me more. So last week we talked about Goldman Sachs and how their 95 hours per week was just fucking crazy, right? Why, yeah. While while Citibank mandated like Zoom Fridays, you couldn't do Zooms on Fridays. So Goldman, after this this uh, this information came out, they sent their their entry level. Uh, peons, I guess is what they would call them, uh, snack boxes, uh, like snack baskets or something like that, while everybody else in the industry gets bonuses or Pelotons. I just yeah. thought, again, this is like rubbing their face in, <laughs> you're going to work here at Goldman Sachs and it's just going to be shit. Who's giving away Pelotons? Damn. That's what that's, I'm talking about. That's raining money yeah. kind of shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out real quick, Jessica Jensen. You may not know the name now, but uh, you will soon. She is Indeed's 
new CMO. Oh, uh, she takes a, she takes over for Paul Darcy, who we spoke to off the record. Thanks indeed for that one. Yeah. Uh, and he was actually SVP of marketing and uh, global marketing. So I don't know if they've ever even had a real CMO, but she comes from Facebook, Yahoo, Apple. Uh, she was at Booking.com, Open Table, like some serious chops. So hopefully next year's Super Bowl ad uh, will actually be something worth watching. So it's funny because Chris Nealon, our friend over at Colt Collective, posted on LinkedIn. Uh, here's the post. Hamsters have longer lifespans than CMOs. It's very hard to evoke meaningful organizational change and enhance customer engagement strategies when the new egos and different personalities are rotated through CMOs offices approximately every two years. So enjoy those two years, Jen. Yeah, she's going to get bored real fast based on her prior experience. Working in the job board industry is going to be... Oh, man. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Hope that check clears. What doesn't suck is uh, Spotify playlists, kids. Yeah. Yeah. So we have so much content. This is actually episode yeah. 653. Good God. We want to give our listeners an easy way to find relevant content. So we uh, started with uh, somewhat of a Netflix approach on chadcheese.com, creating mm -hmm. channels for yeah. Firing Squad, Voices, Friday shows, and other stuff. But now we've started to create Spotify playlists. Ooh. And the first one is sexy. <laughs> it's actually called Fem Amp. That's female being, you know, amplified. So if yeah. you're looking for great female voices to listen to, just search Fem Amp in Spotify, follow it and enjoy. We'll add interviews uh, of, of more females to come. So that playlist will grow. Love it. So uh, I'm keeping my shout outs to a minimum because we have a lot to talk about uh, today, but we got to mention free shit, free stuff. If you want a t-shirt, you want whiskey, you want beer, you got to go to chadcheese.com slash free register. It costs nothing. You're going to get free shit. Probably uh, the, the <laughs> level of the level of awesome will go up and down based on whatever the hell shows up. Yep. But you got to get on the list to get the stuff. Chadcheese.com backslash free. Free stuff. Who doesn't love free stuff? And special thanks as always to Sovereign for the whiskey. Yes. Emissary for the shirts. Uh-huh. And Adzuna for the beer. Man, that's just good stuff. Not to I mention, it's, it's interesting because we just saw that uh, Matt Alder just received our Christmas card. So yes, you, who knows? Who knows? There might be stuff in the mail that's, right now that's that we don't know office. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny too. Lars uh, Schmidt, by the way, that's a nice segue to the to the interview we did with him this week. If you haven't listened to that, everybody, that's that's gold right there. Yes. But so I sent out Christmas cards, and Lars, uh, either wrong address or I wrote something incorrectly. His came back. I emailed his December 11th and he lives, oh. I think, two states away from us. Jesus. So 
So the mail is definitely fucked up all over the place. Sorry uh, about that, everybody. You know what else is fucked up? Equal pay is fucked up. And last week, I didn't understand really what equal pay day was. So mm-hmm. one of our listeners, Amy Butchko over at SAIC, she straightened me out, which I appreciate. So the wage a white male American makes in a calendar year, stopping on to obviously December 31st, Mm-hmm. It takes a white female until March 24th, the following year, to mm. earn the same pay. Nearly three months. And it's obviously much worse for women of color. So thanks for dropping the knowledge, Amy. A couple of dumb white guys are learning every single day. We appreciate it. Yes, this podcast is our MBA, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm ready for topics. All right. So what does the post-pandemic world look like, Chad? Well, we're starting to get some answers. Really? We have a few things to talk about. So number one, reported this uh, this week, hiring levels should be at pre-pandemic levels by the end of the year. So this is a report by Manpower Group, who we all know and love, or maybe is, at least we know. <laughs> Nearly one third of more than 7,500 U.S. employers surveyed said the outlook for 2021 second quarter would return to pre-pandemic hiring levels. This is going to happen as soon as July. And a, an additional 20% said the same could occur by the end of next year. Employers in all of the 12 industries measured by Manpower Group reported positive hiring outlooks with the strongest projections reported in leisure and hospitality, my two favorite, transportation and utilities and wholesale and retail. On the state level, hiring projections were strongest in Rhode Island, Wisconsin, and then followed up by Michigan, Vermont, and Arizona. That's a pretty random list of states. <laughs> Only 4% of employers in this survey said that they plan to require employees to get vaccinated, according to the study. And that was a pretty legit sample size as well. Uh, what was the what was the percentage of uh, vaccinated, the man- mandated vaccinations? Only 4% of employers surveyed planned to require employees to get vaccinated. I think it was 20% said that they were going to create some sort of incentives to get vaccinated. Yeah. See, that that's where I think the problem lies is the word planned. Has every company laid out what their plan for work from home, hybrid or back to normal is yet? HR needs time to create standard operating procedures in a ton of these different areas. I mean, like mm-hmm. like vaccinations themselves. If you're coming back into the office, how are they not going to be required? What's the risk associated to not requiring it versus the risk associated to it, the quote unquote legal risk associated in making it compulsory, right? So, I mean, overall, I I, I personally don't believe that companies are planning or have planned, let's say, uh, for these, for these, these different issues just yet. They might be talking about it, but I don't believe with that 4% number, I think that 4% number is bullshit. Um, the 20% number I think is going to be much higher. This is a progression, right? Remember when Trump was in office and like 25% said they were actually going to get the vaccine. And now that number is like up to 70, I think. Don't quote me on that. But 
things are moving in the direction of let's get vaccinated and maybe companies will progressively move into that same direction as well. I think it's going to take some big companies to require them before other companies say like, yeah, we're going to require it too. I thought was what was interesting from the, the report was basically it's uh, we're opening the country and we're getting the hell out of Dodge and we're all moving to places outside of big cities. So you had obviously hospitality, transportation, duh, people are going to travel. You have retail, people are going to spend money, spend those stimulus checks. Um, And then you had like states that are near big metropolitan areas. So you have Rhode Island, New York, you have Wisconsin, so everyone Chicago is going to move to to Wisconsin. Everyone Chicago is going to move to Wisconsin. You had Michigan there as well. Yeah, Vermont. Uh, everyone from New England is going to move to Vermont, and then everyone from California is going to move to Arizona. Apparently, so the states that we think are going to be big, uh, this confirmed it, and the industries that we think are going to be big, this this study helped confirm that as well. I think it's interesting because I've talked to so many people about like live events and and going back and traveling and so on and so forth. And there's so yeah. many people that are that are so pensive. They're like, yeah, I don't think it's going to go back to normal very quick. And then I, I I said, have you watched the news? Have you seen the fucking streets of Miami? Yeah, I understand <laughs> they're kids, but those are human beings. That's what human beings need. That's exactly what's going to fucking happen. So yeah. if we think that things aren't going to just like explode and not, I don't mean go back to normal levels. I mean, go back to more than normal levels, right? Yeah. Going to exceed mm-hmm. what we used to see with regard to getting the fuck out and doing stuff. Yeah. I think the the real, the wild card is what are companies going to do? So companies are saving a ton of money by keeping people at home. They're oh, saving yeah. tons of money by sales calls and meetings and conferences happening, happening over zoom and, and whatever else. I, I don't know if companies are going to be so willing to send people out on business trips and, and things like that. I could certainly be wrong. As far as personal stuff, Unless I definitely think, oh yeah, all these boomers that have been cooped up forever, they're going to like get out. Oh, and I mean, yeah, it's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be crazy. But according to our next sort of trend in a post pandemic world, we were talking a lot about companies work from home, hybrid, uh, a whole new world. But then last week we got word from Amazon and Google Two of the companies you would think of going totally, uh, totally remote. Not so much. Uh, Amazon on Tuesday released new new details about its post-pandemic plans. Quote, our plan is to return to an office-centric culture as our baseline, the company said in the announcement shared with employees globally. Amazon had previously declined to provide details about a potential expansion of remote work for corporate employees beyond June 30th. Employees in the U.S. will start coming into the office through the summer with most back in the office by year by early fall. Uh, Google as well is accelerating reopening plans in some parts of the U.S. with a volunteer basis ahead of September one, a September one return, according to the internal documents that CNBC got offices will reopen in a limited capacity in April. This is April 1st, based on vaccine availability and a downward trend in COVID-19 cases. But by September 1st, they're looking at a big uh, a big move back into the office. If you want time outside the office, I think this is, this is really interesting. If you're looking for more than 14 days per year, you have to formally apply for it. Uh, this is in a note that was released. Uh, employees can apply for up to 12 months uh, in, in the most exceptional circumstances, but that the company could, however, call employees back to their assigned office at any point for any reason, the note said. So it's 
that's a big thing. Like I have to apply to work from home now at Google. That seems not so progressive. And if Google's doing that, I got to think most companies are going to say, get your ass back in the office. Yeah, I don't think so. I think anybody who's actually um, competing against Google, this is this is a market differentiator for them, right? So I, I think this is a, a big control move from two big companies who want to control their people. Um, they obviously haven't learned anything from this pandemic that they, they can actually have a happier employee, uh, employee base and also get shit done at the same time. They want to revert back to 1950s style, you know, go ahead and, and punch that clock. So I think I, I, I think that just because these big brands have made this move, I think all the other challenger brands will do the exact opposite. Yeah, and we already know from a lot of surveys that workers like being at home better. I mean, certainly some want to get back to the office, but most autonomy. people, yeah, autonomy, uh, yeah, all the things that come with working from home that that people like. I think you're also struggle struggling with the challenge as an as a company of like, hey, we've spent a lot of money on real estate and leasing space and everything else, and Amazon and Google. I can't imagine what they've been spending. Uh, on that stuff. So they're balanced. They're trying to balance or struggling with, okay, we have all this space. What are we going to do with it? And people there at home. And so what are we going to do? So I, I agree. It's going to be a tug of war. Um, ultimately the cup, co- the company, I guess the market will win because if, uh, if competitors are getting better people because they can stay at home, then that becomes a competitive advantage, but we'll have to see schools on the other hand, our third post pandemic trend, uh, looks like they're going to be requiring students to get vaccinated and get their ass back to school. Uh, Rutgers uh, is set to require students to get vaccinated before coming to campus in the fall. Uh, this is this is going to be a trend, I think. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my, wife, my wife works in education at the college level. I know students by and large want to get back uh, and experience the college, the college environment, the college uh, experience. I know from her perspective that professors prefer uh, in-person study, in-person classes, obviously labs and research uh, have to be in person. But for a lot of people, Google is here with a certification program uh, that came uh, sort of public or promoted this month. Um, I got an email a few weeks ago from Google that said, quote, the wait is over. New Google Career Certificates are now available. Google Career Certificates are fully online job training designed to help you start a career in project management, data analytics, UX design, and IT support. Alongside these certificates, we are also launching a new course to help you prepare for the Associate Android Developer Certification. At under 10 hours of study per week on your own schedule, you can be prepared for a new career within six months. The program built by Google is designed to give you the foundational skills and knowledge needed to succeed in a growing career field. And if you're in the U.S., once you complete a Google Career Certificate, you'll be able to connect directly to over 130 local and national employers to jumpstart your job search. I think this is a huge development, and I'm really excited to see how the Google Certificate program grows. Uh, I love the fact that 130 employers are, are already sort of plugged into it because that's a big question going forward. Uh, but it looks like the, uh, you know, the well-to-do and the people that want to go to college can, and the people that don't can still get a hell of an education and get a, a damn good job and not be in debt at the end of it. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing that universities have the balls to actually say to mandate uh, a vaccination, but employers don't. Um, <laughs> then on the certificate side of the house, I mean, this is if if you look at the program. Uh, you'll notice that some of the companies involved uh, are staffing companies, and they're jumping on this train uh, very, very smartly, identifying needs in their regional markets. Then they find Google cert, uh, certs that align. They sell their employers on the certs, and then they start pipelining talent through their doors. Yep. The amount of employers, hiring companies that are involved in this is so small. I can't believe it. I, I would have expected to have hundreds of organizations lined up. Mm -hmm. I, I would have thought that this would have been this would have been something that, you know, they they could have gravitated toward, but it doesn't look like it, that's happening, unfortunately. Yeah. TA is really bad about being the first at anything, but they're usually not fast followers, but I guess moderate to slow followers. So once a few big companies, I think, start doing this and like it's going to be a process, right? Kids and people who get the certificate have to know that it's going to be legitimized by the workforce or by the by the employers. And the employers have to be have a high level of certainty that that people are that are educated in this way are going to be great employees. And if, if those two things align and come together, I mean, I think this is going to be a big part of how people get an education in the future. No degree necessary. You jump in. And, and I took a look at. Most of their courses are on Coursera, except for the Android yeah. uh, developer course, which obviously is on the Google platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you mentioned Coursera, who uh, if their IPO hasn't dropped yet, it's coming pretty soon. Uh, so I'm really interested to see publicly how that company is growing and where they're seeing growth and what like I think that is a trend that's going to happen. And, and Coursera, obviously, along with Google and others are going to be on the forefront of of this movement. But it's yeah. uh, it's exciting. Yeah, and who else is on the forefront is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Or maybe Clubhouse is a sexy one. I don't know. So LinkedIn this week revealed that it is developing a Clubhouse-like feature. Uh, for those of you that don't know Clubhouse or are on Android and can't use Clubhouse, it's sort of a live uh, audio conversation amongst people and listeners. I guess it's sort of like a conference session. Uh, on your phone just listening. Anyway, the new service <laughs> will connect to a user's professional network. Uh, it comes as the company lets users set their profiles to creator mode, allowing others to follow their stories, uh, live videos, and more. Um, I have a few questions about this uh, or comments. Number one for me is, is Clubhouse really the future? Is this really as hot as, I guess, Silicon Valley and the media is making it? Um, I know that we did a buy or sell on Clubhouse a few weeks ago, and I, I sold it. I think you did too. And I still would. Like, I have it, and I've been on a few of the conversations. I just don't get it, I guess. Uh, they tend to be real random. I get I get alerts saying, hey, there's so, such such as a Clubhouse because I follow them. If I jump on halfway, I've totally missed everything that has gone on. It, they tend to ramble. There tends to be no uh, sort of structure as there would be with like a presentation or a or a panel. Um, so I, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on it. I think in some ways with LinkedIn, if you can get companies business pages and have their followers like come in on clubhouses about the company and what's going on, that could be kind of interesting. But as a random like, hey, let's get a bunch of TA people and talk tech TA stuff. I, 
Yeah, I, I think we're in the on-demand age, and that it's it's not on demand. You know, if they if they do something that, let's say, for instance, later is a recording and it's mm-hmm. on demand, but then again, we're also in our era of quality, right? So when we do podcasts and we listen to podcasts, if it's not great quality and it doesn't sound good and it hasn't been produced then we might not listen to it. So, you know, again, I think those are those are two areas that Clubhouse would have to change. It would have to record mm-hmm. and ensure really good quality, not just the sound, but also rambling and et cetera, et cetera. LinkedIn, I mean, they want everybody to believe they can chew gum and walk at the same time, but we can't believe that. I mean, not with a garbage bin of jobs as a primary product and initiatives, like asking their clients to clean up their fucking mess. So LinkedIn is throwing all the spaghetti at the wall at this point. And and remember, they also announced a freelancer platform and a new video cover stories uh, which is just another great way to thrust bias into the hiring process. So, I mean, I, these guys are doing so much shit that just doesn't make sense. LinkedIn can't figure out whether they are a social network or a professional hiring platform. And I think they have to choose. Yeah. And th- I guess we, I think we can probably thank Facebook for this whole like copy everybody. And because we have scale and members and yeah. uh, whatever that we can just launch the same thing and be competitive. And so you have not, not just these, I mean, Facebook is copying clubhouse. Uh, Twitter has already launched uh, a clubhouse competitor, which for me is actually superior to clubhouse. At least it is today. Who knows in the future? And then you have LinkedIn. And I'm, I assume like Snap will do it, and maybe TikTok will have some Clubhouse thingy. I mean, it just it's sort of dizzying how the industry and startups have have evolved. You used to be able to launch something and have a couple of years to like you know figure it out and and uh, you know grow sort of unfettered, grow organically. And now it's like if you're if you're you know if you're going to be featured on TechCrunch, you know you're going to have eight competitors you know by the end of the weekend, and yeah. that's uh, that's a really hard way to to build a company. Well, especially when the big brands with all the resources can turn something around very quickly and just yeah. copycat your shit right out of the gate, which is exactly what Facebook does. Yeah. And it hurts because Clubhouse, like as far as I know, they're not on Android yet. You would know more than me, nope, but they're not on Android so. yet. They've rolled this thing out sort of Gmail style, which was really great when Gmail came out. But when you roll things out by invitation, well, if you do that, it's kind of slow and everyone that can copy you will more quickly than you can add users to the platform. So that kind of fucks up that strategy if you have a, a good company. But yeah, I, I think I think ultimately the clubhouse thing uh, will fade out or just become actually Spotify, I think, as well, bought a bought a clubhouse competitor that's like sports talk. So there might be some fringe, uh, some niche niche offerings for this. But yeah, maybe I'm just too old. I just I just don't get it on demand. In quality. That's what everybody wants. And that doesn't seem like that's what Clubhouse is. So, by the way, speaking of LinkedIn and, and quality and legacy systems, like it really pisses me off. Like it should be so easy as like a company page to share something and then like boost it to the people who follow you or people that are related to them or some sort of. Like, do you remember when Facebook had, hey, boost this post and you like click boost and it was yeah. like $7 to boost the post? Super simple. They took it away. I'm not sure why. 
But like why LinkedIn, like LinkedIn, if you want to boost a post, you got to start a whole ad campaign. You have to go through all the fucking hoops to do that. Like just make a boost link, put in your credit card and then save it. And then just like let people boost their posts to their followers. Anyway, rant over. Let's take a break and we'll do <laughs> a, a little yourself speaking of rants. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways. TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com that's t-e-x-t-k-e-r-n-e-l.com mm, nachos <laughs> you know steve it feels like we keep getting pushed to hire more and better candidates with no more budget right i wish there was a way to get better results from what we're doing Actually, I heard in an episode of Chad and Cheese about this framework from Jobvine. Oh yeah, Evolve. It's a technology agnostic framework to help TA teams get better results from their recruiting efforts. And we don't even have to be a Jobvite customer to use it. I bet we would get better results if we orchestrated all of our efforts. You mean like a centralized process and all of our channels working together? For sure. Whether it's job boards, social, or even texting with candidates. Let's do that. Jobbyte.com forward slash evolve. I'll send you the link. Cool. I'm going to finish watching this episode of Bridgerton. Buy or sell, baby. You ready? We got three startups. Was three startups this week. Hit it. We'll go through a brief uh, discussion of each and buy or sell it individually. So number one up, we have Silential. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I got I got hazed by our European listeners for saying visage incorrectly. So Visage. Y'all can fuck off. Uh, visage. Visage. Okay. Founded in 2016, Slinchel is an AI-powered software engineering recruitment platform based out of Sunnyvale, California. A nice place to, to live. Mm -hmm. uh, they raised $9.5 million in a Series A funding. Uh, GSR Ventures led the round and was joined by investors including Spider Capital and TSVC. The company also appointed Amir Akhtar, a former Yahoo small business president and ex-CEO of ADP China, as the company's new CEO. 
the biz was founded by uh, founded by former product leads at Salesforce, VMware, and Zynga. Uh, the solution is designed to match hiring managers with engineering candidates by essentially simulating human experts. The startup's AI-driven virtual recruiter finds, vets, and engages passive candidates behind the scenes, resulting in what Silential claims is a 70% present-to-interview ratio. Celestial says it's on track to notch double-digit millions in annual recurring revenues by 22 after growing revenues by seven times in 2021. Holy. Buy or sell. Silential. I didn't see any pricing on the website, but just from their tech backgrounds, I'd say they're probably leaning toward a SaaS pricing model with staffing like uh, delivery, meaning it's cheaper than staffing and more efficient. It's uber niche and focused specifically on engineers. And again, if you take a look at the backgrounds of the individuals, the leaders in this organization, you'll see why I'm going to (laughs) buy. I got to buy on that one. Yeah, look, I talk all the time about the wave. Are you on the right wave or the wrong wave? Look, the software industry will experience a shortage of 1. million engineers. Uh, meanwhile, the employment of software developers is projected to grow 21% through 2028. So the world needs engineers. Companies are going to pay a lot of money to, to software solutions that help them fill that need. Yep. For me, this is a big buy for Silential. Next up, we have CrossCheck. It's spelled C-R-O-S-S-C-H-Q. Founded in 2018, CrossCheck is a San Fran-based recruiting software company that raised $13 million in Series A funding this week. Tiger Global Management led the round and was joined by investors including GGV Capital, Bessemer Venture Partners, Slack Fund, SAP, Intersect Capital, and Rocket Ship VC. That sounds fun. Total funding is $23.6 million. Uh, interestingly, if you're a sports fan, unless you're a sports, fan in, or a sports fan in Scotland like our buddy Adam Gordon, you will know some of these names uh, that are investors. Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson, uh, Chris Middleton of the Bucks, Aaron Gordon, Isaiah Thomas. I'm not sure if that's the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas or the sh- the the short guard that played for the Celtics for a little while. Uh, PGA Pro Cameron Champ, MLB uh, player Nolan Arnando, Seattle Seahawks NFL or wide receiver DK Metcalf. So they got a lot of big names behind this this play. Uh, it's a diversity play. Uh, quote from uh, the release: Crosscheck provides a SaaS platform featuring a core engine that contains three modules to help companies source, screen, and onboard talent while providing a fully connected analytics suite that enables on-demand access to quality of hire data. Cloud-based data-driven reference checking and talent analytics platform-powered human intelligence hiring is how CrossCheck pimps itself. Chad, buy or sell CrossCheck. Pat, I'd like to buy a vowel, please. That's uh, (laughs) one of the worst fucking names I've seen in a long time. So I quote from the press release, the pioneer of a new software category for the recruiting industry called human intelligence hiring. Fuck you. Starting off a a press release, trying to create another label for an industry that doesn't need additional fucking labels. Totally turned me off. (laughs) <laughs> right out of the gate. Yep. Then I backed up. I took a breath. Okay. And then I jumped into the co-founders LinkedIn profiles, you know, just to see what kind of cred they had. And I didn't see any recruitment tech or, or industry background at all. Plus, 
The CPO is a graduate from uh, the team up north, which was not a good thing. The very last straw is what looks like an attempt to enter the ATS space while calling it human intelligence hiring. So shitty name, strike one. Human intelligence hiring, strike two. Competing with the ATS, strike three. This is a fucking sell for me. Everything you said, and as a Cavaliers fan, there's no way that I'm going to buy any company that has Clay Thompson associated with it. So for me, <laughs> sell cross-check. Okay, this is, a, this is one you might like. So number three up, we have Data People. Founded in 2016, Data People is a New York-based company that sells software designed to make recruiting more equitable. Uh, this week, they announced an $8 million raise across two funding events, including a $5 million uh, round that happened in mid-2020. Uh, Uncourt Capital, Next View Ventures, and First Round Capital led the round. Uh, its initial product, what data people calls language analytics, scans job postings, offering suggested edits to customers to help them attract a more diverse group of applicants. And coming shortly, data people is rolling out what it calls recruiting analytics, like they made that up, uh, a service that provides a high-level view of companies' aggregate recruiting efforts. The recruiting side of its software service will keep tabs on diversity data, such as the pace at which a company's job posting attracts women against related jobs' own performance, among other bits of data-focused reporting. Buy or sell data people. This is definitely a better name. There's no question. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, I love any platform that helps companies optimize their shitty job descriptions. Plus, data people also helps recruiters create better email messages. So that, that that's that's pretty good. They lost me on using this new raise for DEI hiring through analytics. Mm-hmm. Candidates usually do not self-identify when going through the application process. So if you do not have the data corresponding to the analytics, you need to make the decision, how can you provide any worthwhile insights with such a a shallow pool of data? For the most part, we don't have the data. Yes, from a job posting standpoint or a resume standpoint or an email standpoint, we can do the right thing to be able to to try to to provide the nuance, whether masculine or feminine. Mm -hmm. But when we're trying to actually say that we can help hiring, that's an entirely different conversation, which means they're going to be spending a lot of money on something that they can't impact and I'm going to sell. Yeah. I hate these kind of startups. Like you, you go, you go to the website and you feel like you need a PhD to figure shit out. Uh, I like the startups where it's really focused. You know what they do. You know whether to recruit engineers or like whatever. Like just be real specific. These guys throw everything at the fucking wall. Uh, look, I think they're on the right wave. I think DNA, you know diversity inclusion. Like every company worth a shit and worth any significant size is going to have to check off the box for diversity and inclusion. I just think like it's such a huge problem. It's such a hugely competitive market. You know, the first round that they, the, the 5 million or whatever that they got in 2020, like they didn't even mention the how much they raised back then. They only mention it now because they, they got a total of eight or whatever it is. So like, they're not quite sure what the fuck is going on. Uh, I don't know anyone that's running the company. Uh, I didn't do my, my homework like you did on LinkedIn profiles. Cause I just don't give a shit. So for me, <laughs> like write 
lane, but like this is a fucking jalopy when it needs to be a Ferrari and $8 million ain't going to get it done. And I don't see any sort of road that's going to put them in the hundred million plus dollar raise amount. So fuck them, man. I got one buy this week, Silential and you two, and we're selling yeah. two diversity wannabes, cross check. Can I buy a vowel and data people? And that is another round of buy or sell. A growing popular segment on the Chad and Cheese podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Everyone loves buy or sell. Do we want to take a break or do we want to talk about monitoring first? Let's talk about monitoring real quick. So uh, a story out this week, uh, a company called Teleperformance over in, it's a global company. Holy shit. They employ 380,000 people, which is nuts. So they plan to use specialist webcams to watch their staff. Ooh, employees will be monitored by webcams. Webcam sounds so fucking 2004, doesn't it? Anyway, webcams to check whether they are eating, looking at their phones, or leaving their desks. I guess they better start peeing in those bottles, everybody, while working from home. The cameras are also connected to an AI system that will randomly scan for breaches of work rules during a shift. So no uh, no Jeffrey Tubin there at work, everybody. If one is detected, a still photo will be sent to a manager and stored for up to 20 days, according to documents sent to staff. Yeah, this is getting creepier and creepier. The move triggered warnings from unions and MPs about the normalization of home surveillance by employers as growing numbers of workers move away from being office based. Holy shit, I'm scared. I'm glad I don't work for a company that puts a webcam in my house. This story reeks of Bezos. Is this an Amazon <laughs> subsidiary or something? I mean, this is this is fucking creepy, crazy. <laughs> And they're framing this as, you know, well, we're sending these cameras uh, so that you can participate in team meetings and training. Right. But, 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 <laughs> but the AI is also going to be there to make sure that you're doing your job. I mean, this kind of shit, much like we were talking about with uh, Google and Amazon before, the autonomy to do your job. You have business metrics. You have certain KPIs that you have to meet. If you meet them, you meet them. If you go to their website, uh, you go to teleperformancecareers.com. The first thing you see is best place for people. Total (laughs) bullshit. Dude, this is the most dystopian. I mean, this is on par with the injecting chips into people. Like, yeah. This is the most dystopian thing I've heard, at least this week. Can you pick your nose? Does it take a picture and send it to my manager? Can I like, you know, scratch my butt? Is that going to be construed as, you know, I'm, I'm tubing on the job until the robots take all the jobs. We're going to, we're going to do the best we can to make the people into robots because people are going to work their entire day looking at this webcam scared to death that they're going to be photographed doing something that might be construed as bad. I hate these stories. It's a, it's a shame. It's a shame. Take a break. Take a break. As the best ad tool in the industry, JobAdX has been providing job board publishers, direct employers, agencies, RPOs, and staffing firms, dynamic job bidding and real-time ad delivery through our programmatic job advertising exchange. When we started, we described JobAdX as AdSense for jobs. Now, we offer much more with Switchboard and LiveAlert, completing our full suite of dynamic programmatic advertising tools with the best of consumer ad tech. Switchboard offers our dynamic technologies to all partner job board feed management. And LiveAlert eliminates latency and expired job ads via email. For more information about any of our ad solutions, please reach out to us at joinus at jobadx.com. 
That's join us at jobadx.com. JobAdX, the best ad tool, providing smarter programmatic for all your advertising needs. Chat, chat. It's 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 been a while. Yes, we we have not checked in on the ladders R and D department. Let's let's get a live look. Okay. from the ladders R and D department, real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about what it was the last time we we checked on them. Well, we're actually talking about these chuckleheads this week. They launched a new innovation called Apply for Me, and that's all one word with the with the number four, which is very two thousand four of them. So, Applied for Me. The new ladders feature relies on humans rather than machine learning or other automation to actually apply to jobs for people. So, as I'm imagining this and looking at the images on the site. You have to be a premium member to use this service. Everything the ladders does is to funnel you into paying them money as a job seeker. Anyway, as I'm looking at a job, there's a button that says apply for me and I click that and then I have to fill out a basic form. And then from and once I do that, then actual people will apply for me, which was kind of hard for me to understand because applying is basically pushing send resume. So they're not interviewing for me. They're just applying for me. But applying is as easy as just pushing a button and sending your resume. So call me cynical, but this seems like a real money grab and utilizing, I guess, the ignorance of the job seeker to think that somehow these people that are applying for you is going to be better than you applying yourself. I don't get this at all, aside from the fact that it's the ladders trying to make more money off their job seekers. Well, that's how the ladders have always (laughs) made money. So you you think the right, you think the same thing, right? Yeah, this is okay, the okay. this is the most ridiculous. It's like, yes, we're not using AI to do this because it's just it, we we can't trust AI to be able to make sure that there aren't going to be any errors. Okay, assholes. Humans make errors, okay? The reason why you're not using AI is because you don't fucking have it. Number 1. Number 2. You have no technology. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. So here's here's how it works based on their website. So they have a three three step process. So number one is provide ladders with your job application information once. Basically give us your resume. Number two, ladders will fill out all job applications with your information for you. And then three, we'll send you email confirmations while you sit back and relax with a picture of a woman who's drinking coffee in bed. What are you paying for? If they're filling out the entire, I mean, I guess if it's going to the ATS and that's a 45 minute process on the ATS, I guess that's something I'll pay for. Yeah, but they're going to ask questions. <laughs> they're going to ask questions that that person's not going to know the answer to. Yeah, right? like pre-screening I mean, these, questions. Yeah. I, so, I mean, this is <laughs> this is the biggest crock and load of shit. So you have to be a premium member to do this. Uh, They're not real forthcoming shocker on the pricing of stuff. So I kind of had to dig around the web to to find out what that was. It's roughly about $180 or $200 per year for this premium membership. So again, it's like this facade of we're providing something magical that's going to save you time and you can just stay in bed and Netflix and chill while we'll get you that new job doing all the application for you. Business as usual at the ladders. And with that, 
We out. I'm Rory from Scotland, the country which brought you electricity. Thank you for listening to podcast with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Nada niente. Um, anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Player, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.